Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre! The Chinese Dominia! promised and for the second time in a week somehow we managed to deliver the world's number one sports and recreation podcast at casa del rosenberg right now the jew world order has cleared out and the only ones who remain are myself and stat guy greg the physically large in a physically extra large majeure garment oh yeah we got to give a shout out to at what wrestlers wear on Instagram specifically. On, at what wrestlers wear on Instagram. He, he made 25 beautiful Wednesday Night War shirts uh, with Vince McMahon and Tony Khan on the shirt. I love them. They're really nice shirts. It's a cool gesture. I uh, gave them to a bunch of uh, podcasters and uh, you know people in the wrestling world. And I think it's really cool. So I want to give a shout out and say thank you, man. Um, I, uh, thank you for everything. Thank you for saying what needed to be said. <laughs> um, it's still real to me, damn it. Now, uh, this, we are going to talk all about AEW. Uh, we'll talk some about NXT as well. But before that, the, the, the biggest news of the week is that Stack Eye Greg has turned into Fiend Stack Eye Greg. And in a move that it's almost so unbelievable, you would have thought it was written by Vince Russo. I'm sorry. Stack guy Greg <laughs> turned heel tonight and tried to kill Bear the dog with wait for it. You're not going to believe this. <laughs> he tried to kill Bear the dog with a chicken bone. It's like I should have known. <sighs> How did I not see this coming? That his secret weapon would be delicious <laughs> chicken, but he would use it on of all. This is the equivalent uh, of if one day Davy Boy Smith just tried to punt Matilda. Yeah, what, I just I don't know what to say, Greg. What? How do you describe what happened? So first of all, I mean, listen, I have to take complete 
complete responsibility for this, okay? Yeah, well, you have to. In, in all my years of not just chicken, but just just snacking, never has a has a chicken wing got away from me like it did today. I mean, and, and I, I can only imagine that just my fingertips were too saucy. And then one just got away from me. Saucy uh, fingers, stack guy. It, yep. it, the whole thing just fell, and bear, um, you know, just. I've just, been feeding bear a little bit less, uh, <laughs> because he needs to lose a pound. So I'm, well, I'm, and he's getting older, obviously. So I want to keep him light on his feet and keep his joints healthy. And oh, his joints were healthy tonight because as soon as that that movement was quick. Yeah, listen, it it fell and it hit a bounce and he was right there on the bounce and and. So as a result, he's not eating as much. So he, he's ravenous. I mean, he's always a pig. Yo, I mean, he's sitting there right now. Look at him right now. As we record this, Bear is face down in his bed with a peanut butter bone just going ham. But so normally – He pounced. I have, I have pulled many a chicken bone out of Bear's mouth over the years because on the street, he'll just randomly grab a chicken – I don't even know where it comes from. He'll just grab a chicken wing. And I will go to his mouth and pry it open and pull out the the food. In this case, I think I hesitated for a second because <laughs> I knew I knew that I could get it out. And for I got there and it was gone. He devoured it, and so now to I, be fair, we that's what we were doing with the chicken too, though. We no, were listen, dev- we were also devouring. And I, listen, I refuse. I do get very panicky because I'm bear obsessed, but I have to imagine. That over the history of time, dogs have been consuming leftover chicken wings for quite a long time. Quite a long time, yes. I believe that he will be able to pass this through. Throughout the course of canine history, many a chicken bone has been digested. I mean, I would guess millions of millions, chicken Millions, millions. So, Trillions. But I mean, SGG using his chicken bone as a weapon <laughs> to attack the biggest baby face in the company is such a shock. I, oh. I don't even... I, I might need you guys might need to have a match at a pay per view. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where delicious we go chicken this. on a pole match. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> a delicious bucket of chicken on a pole with bear on one side. I hope someone can make <laughs> sponsored by KFC. So yeah, and tonight's the the main event, the KFC chicken on a pole match. Oh, That's maybe man. AEW do that. So, but I hope I hope someone does graphics and and comes up with this match artwork. Anyway, so let's get to it. You people probably already know it. We spent this long talking about Fiend Greg. But um that's it. And uh AEW is in the books, the first night of Dynamite on TNT. And I would like to say that the best thing that happened tonight to me was frankly the fact that I had heard Shivani had gotten a deal with AEW. I did not realize exactly what that entailed. So when I saw that the show started and you heard Shivani's voice, it was the biggest win that they've had. I mean, you know, we've done a lot of talk about commentary over the last week. I mean, it's been a focal point of the podcast. And I would be shocked if anyone out there doesn't feel that Shivani's voice just absolutely cut through. And JR, God bless him, the GOAT, is just, you know, a lot of, there are people out there who accuse him of not being into the product, not being committed, blah, blah. I don't believe any of that. What I do believe is that JR at this point in his career and, and stage in life is only capable of getting up so big. 
You know, his voice only booms so much. It doesn't have the same boom it used to have. It's just physiological. It is not a knock in any way on JR. But and, and he's comfortable with, with that too. I mean, he settled into that role quite yeah, it's likely. Different. It's, it's, he's just a different version of himself, right? And that's okay. But I really think having that booming Shivani voice was great. I am curious to see how over time they, they, what they do with the booth because there were times tonight in which Shivani sort of went away to make room for Excalibur and JR. Who Excalibur, I mean, Excalibur still needs work. He's good. Yeah. He's, he's smart. He's talented. He doesn't have a bad voice. Like I think Excalibur has tools. I'm not suggesting he doesn't. Um, but I just, for me, the big timeness that I suggested last week AEW was getting from JR. It ended up being Shivani. It ended up being Shivani. And it, and it, and it, it really, it, it grabbed you. And it goes back to what we were saying too with, uh, Tom Phillips. Shivani has this quality as well. That he just makes it all feel like more sport. He gives it a a big fight feel. He just brings this thing that no amount of training and nothing else. To, like it's just it's just the golden voice. Yeah, it, it it big fight feel is the right way of putting it. Feels like legit sports. So that was a big win. Now, um, out of the gate, the intro to Dynamite was uh, fine. You know, if if you were looking for it to be. Something non-traditional, some sort of intro that was unlike anything we'd seen before. It wasn't that. No, it was very like WWE, uh, mid-2000s. Yeah, the intro was very, uh, it was cool. I didn't mind it, but it wasn't, uh, you're not going to go, oh my gosh, what am I watching? I've never seen this before. And that is my problem with the show overall. You just summed it up in two sentences, put it on the boat. It was cool. I didn't mind it, but it was not this different revolutionary thing that they said they were going to present to us all year. And now, you know, October comes here 10 months later, and it's sort of just like the same thing we've been watching everywhere else. And You know, I tweeted this. I said this while we were watching. It just goes to show how presenting pro wrestling is all so formulaic, but when you watch them head-to-head, you see that AEW, which was supposed to be different and revolutionary and, you know, marching to the beat of their own drum and creating something brand new that we've never seen before, <laughs> they're also following the formula, but not with as much success as WWE, which, you know, we can get into that a little bit later because they had their problems with, you know, pacing and things like that. But they really are just... They said one thing and they ended up presenting a product that was very much in line with current industry standards. I agree. Um, I think the set looked cool. Um, I think uh, some of the wrestling was very good. Um, my MVP for the night was probably MJF, who I thought jumped. I think he just jumps off the page. Like you look at him and go, oh, you could be doing any – he could he if he wanted to be WWE he could be he could be that if I, they let him have a microphone if they if they continue that because that's his his big strength yeah yeah for sure but with a mic in his hand he's really good and tonight you know like they're the two striking examples of someone who knows how to control uh, the camera and own it and someone who doesn't uh, MJF absolutely owned his promo. Um, 
It was well delivered. His, the facials, his eyes, everything he did, he owned it. And you, and you compare that with the end of the show where Jack Swagger or Jack Hager. Is that Jake, it? Jake Hager, I think. Jake Hager? I think it's Jake. Jack Swagger. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, has no idea, had no idea what he was doing with his face for the last three minutes of the show. I don't know what emotion he was trying to convey. Well, and, and, you know, the last three minutes of the show was just a well, that, lot. Let's, let's, let's jump right there. Yeah. It was a disaster. Train wreck. The last, the last three minutes, AEW wanted to do something different. Yeah, you did. You gave us a WCW and it was falling apart. That's what the last few minutes was. Way too many people in that ring at one time. And, and honestly, way too much going on. Cody, fine. Jack Swagger, Jack, Jake Hager, fine. Sammy Guevara didn't need to be there. The Young Bucks didn't need to be there anymore. I don't know if anyone else needed to be there anymore. It just got out of control. And frankly, I'm just keeping it real with you guys. You know, maybe some of you are the same. Maybe some of you are not. And you're saying, well, Rosenberg, you suck. You don't watch enough wrestling. Sorry. I think compared to the average person, I watch a lot of wrestling. I didn't know enough about who was in the ring to care (laughs) about this big schmoz with all these people. And when you think about it, I wrote an article today for SEScoops.com where I talked about how one of the problems, the conundrum for AEW is that they want to be successful trying to do a a show in a way that is basically not at all how the successful modern wrestling show is done. Which is a tall order that they've they've put on their own shoulders because nobody asked them to do – Anything like they could have just came and gave us a promotion that was without saying anything about it and presented this exact show and it would be fine. But they set up these expectations for themselves that now they didn't necessarily live up to. And, you know, I don't think they're going to be punished too harshly for it um, straight out the gate after this first week. But if it continues down this road, I I don't see them being here for the long haul all right before we move on can we take a moment for vivid seats yes vivid seats an online event ticket marketplace all right you want to go to an event you want to go see smackdown you want to go see raw you want to go to a pay-per-view you want to go to a concert a sporting event get the vivid seats app keep it on your phone and when you want to go to an event boom you find tickets amazing prices okay an amazing experience in general an amazing loyalty program all right vivid seats rewards are incredible you can earn 10 to 16% credit on all purchases through the app. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app, okay? You're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. And all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee. So if you want a night out, if you want to go to a concert, you want to go see a wrestling show, whatever it is you want to do, the way to do it is through the Vivid Seats app, Okay. I guarantee you'll be happy. Guess what? They have a 100% buyer guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live events. Vivid Seats. Let me go over the good. Um, for me, the good, Shivani, MJF. I thought the Nyla Rose match was pretty good. Yep. Um, even though I think the wrong woman won that match. But that's a that's yeah. I, I thought that I thought that I thought the match should have ended earlier and gone the other way. But um, 
Uh, who else? What I categorize, and this isn't to say that there aren't, weren't other wrestlers who did good work. Um, but I'm saying the things that really jumped off the paper to me as being like, that was good. That was, um, I don't know that there was a lot more than that that jumped out at me as like your MVPs for the night. Um, Hangman Page and Pot. Yeah, that was cool. Um, that was a definitely a good wrestling match, you know, and listen, that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to out wrestle WWE. Um, Good luck. And well, good luck particularly up against NXT, who who does a lot of good wrestling. Now, I, I have a theory. We watched a few minutes of the NXT kickoff show. Um now, just the fact that they had a kickoff show for tonight's NXT alone <laughs> lets you know that this was not your average episode of NXT. No. They they really tried to make this a thing. And I just came to the conclusion I think they're just bored. Like I, I think they really want competition. Yeah, they, they've been missing it since he bought WCW. I mean, even after he bought WCW, right? Remember, a few weeks later, he gave the WCW the main event spot on that Raw. Like he bought them and then realized that he needed that anchor on the other side and didn't have it. You know, then TNA ended up not necessarily being that, so he tried to create it for himself. Raw versus SmackDown, and then t- they both sort of went down together and now they finally have AEW which is honestly what they've been waiting for this whole time. Yeah, I mean Triple H said something at the end of the kickoff show about kicking their ass, you know, and he talked up they're they're bored, man. They just want competition. They want to get down and muck around. You know, they did a kickoff show. They trotted out Stephanie McMahon at ringside, Mark Henry at ringside. They had like a Medusa, oh, oh, just Hall and Nash. They just which I mean, if we're, if we're if we're going with like who was in the crowd, Hall and Nash, miles ahead of Jay and Silent Bob, that is a fact. Um, they WWE started with a Riddle Cole NXT title match. Um, you know they they obviously want to get into this, which is good news for for AEW. The fact that they want to get into the competition allows you the opportunity to draw them in and maybe eventually make some mistakes and give yourself an opportunity. Um, but then for the bad in, in AEW tonight, um, right out of the gate, the Cody match was too much. Um, yeah. If, if the point of the start of the show, they start the show with a video montage. Explaining sort of the history to some degree. I don't know that I love that as a way to start your first show. Um and then you get a Cody match, which which was good. But out of the gate, do we need to have like seven false finishes and have Cody like have to have a war? It's like it. You want to showcase Cody. You want to show that he's mage. Not every match is a pay per view match. And I, I, maybe I'm. I get it. This could just be a style difference, and it's just me. It's okay. But that's how I feel. Agreed. Agreed. I mean. And it goes back to their pacing and what they're trying to do. I mean, you can't – and it's tough for me to say this, right? Because NXT sort of does exactly what I'm about to say you shouldn't do, and they do it well. Like, we watch these takeovers, and they step on the gas, and they go from the first match to the last match, and we love takeovers. They seem to have been able to translate that to TV very well. Just put your foot on the pedal and go from the open to the close. But – even on Monday Night Raw and like other companies, you can't AEW. You can't do that. You can't do that. So I, I didn't like that. Um, 
I I absolutely loathed that the first way we saw Kenny Omega was oh. him coming out to intervene with the women's match. Right. I, and, and I mean... And frankly, if I take it a step further, can I tell you the truth? Kenny Omega's intro to this show shouldn't have been teaming with the Young Bucks in a six-man tag. Agreed. It just shouldn't have been. Agreed on both counts. I mean, Kenny Omega should have net like if a woman is beating down a woman no dude should ever jump in and try to like break that up unless it's like the refs or like backstage personnel whatever the case may be but like and if there's a story and a reason why he did that i don't know what that is because they didn't give it to us but but agreed like the the segment right after he's back now making his entrance with his team so like yeah he took off his t-shirt put on a vest and then comes back out it was just weird like, guys, Kenny Omega, it may be the biggest star ever to not wrestle in WWE. You don't give him his own intro on the first show. You don't set up that this guy is a mega star. And, 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 by, and guys, update. He is a bigger star and better wrestler than Cody. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love Cody. Cody's story is the backbone of the company. Cody's the one who should be taking a back seat and being a six man tag. Kenny <laughs> Omega should be Absolutely. the marquee player. Es- that does not make sense. Especially when you consider how it ended, right? With the Jack Swagger run in and everything like that. Cody should have just been there in the first place. And then you could do those run ins. You know, Kenny Omega, the Kenny Omega Mox thing could have happened with, uh, Kenny Omega. In a one-on-one match with literally, literally anybody. And then instead, in the, you, you jam everything into the last match. You have Kenny Omega get attacked by Moxley. They go backstage. Then you have Cody Rhodes run in. Then you have Dustin. They, it I was, forgot, I forgot Dustin ran in like. Then you have Jack Swagger. Yeah. Like, it was just, that was not, listen, there was a, I will be watching next week. There was a lot of fun stuff. I, oh, another thing, like I mentioned earlier, but I want to give more credit to it. The overall look was just dope. Like some of the camera shots were dope. Uh, agreed. It was a well-produced show. Agreed. The there pyro, was, the pyro was mage. It's pyro a, mage. it's a thing that they trying to hype up that you could say is overstated, but it was mage. There were times when I thought the camera, like little stuff, the blocking was bad. They didn't. They, it's like they didn't know what they needed to be showing. Um, an awkward moment when they the interview with Jay and Silent Bob got interrupted by Jack Evans and the dude they have doing the you know they they also bring it's also really interesting too because like I understand you're using a lot of wrestlers who have never had big time exposure. I don't know if I think it's the time to bring on broadcasters who, who don't, don't have, have big time exposure. Right. No disrespect to that dude who did the, who did that, but. He, he appeared just very generico, suit and tie, n- no experience. They, they did not know how to get out of the situation they set up. You have Excalibur, who, like I said, I think is talented and has, could be effective at some point. He doesn't know how to bridge the gap when something awkward happens. We've now seen that at multiple AEW events, where when something offbeat happens, JR and Excalibur don't know how to get you back on the track. Yeah, they, and-, they, they, and, and... And Shivani wasn't put in the position to do it. So it just awkwardly sort of meandered at that spot in a way that just, I'm sorry, you just wouldn't see on the other show. 
Now, that doesn't mean, that's not me saying I love every bit of commentary on WWE. We all know that's not true. Especially after the moves they made on Monday. But but we also know they don't randomly have, like, dead air. You know, that's not common. And, yeah, and that's that's a thing that AEW is going to have to, like, it's a problem that's been plaguing them throughout all the pay-per-views that they've done leading up to this show, and now it's still something that they haven't dealt with is this time management issue, you know. Jericho hit that back elbow, got the pin at, what was it, 9.56? And it was like, okay, what are they going to do with four minutes of airtime? And then it was just the worst brawl, beat down, I don't even know what you want to call it, but four minutes was too much for that. After Jake Hager, Jack Swagger showed up and made his impact, he sat there staring at the camera and like he thought it was over yeah the last thing we should have seen was him like fix his hair and stare into the camera and then like it goes off the air but instead we got two more minutes of random beat down it was just a really over why with all the criticism that exists in wrestling history about what made wcw fail how frequently are we talking about ridiculous schmas endings and for the first show, that's exactly you go, where you go. Why don't you, you guys? We have talked ad nauseum about doing these over-the-top matches with high spots and false finishes. Why wasn't the last segment of the first episode the opportunity for Kenny Omega to have a match against someone else who could go? They do twenty minutes. K, Kenny Omega goes over clean in the middle of the ring. After hitting a proper finish, and then, if you want to have a schmoz, him and Moxley continue their thing. And do exactly what they did. And do exactly because what they did. Because that the was, table. that was Mage. And you end the show with Moxley pile driving Kenny Omega through that glass table, just like you did, but it was lost because it happened, and then you went back to the ring and did more. Yeah. I mean. Guys, there's a lot of potential here, but there's just, it was episode one. Let me put it this way. It was episode one. You should expect mistakes. And I'm sure there are people to be mad who think we're trashing the show. But because these people don't understand the difference between hate and criticism and just like, we, I feel like we're offering constructive comments, but I, I agree, but I don't think people, hate. people don't know how to, I mean, we just live in a generation that just doesn't know how to take a constructive critique. It all gets piled up into the same thing because people are like, Oh, I'm not doing negativity right now, but this, this, this no, this is constructive and this is stuff. Like because I you said, know what? We want it. We want to keep watching and like, if this show doesn't get better and take notes on these things that they are doing that they can change, then I don't think we'll be the only ones tuning out. And I'll tell you the truth. I mean, for me, they have a good spot with me because it's not like I was watching NXT live every week. Right. So. For the foreseeable future, they have me. I'm going to watch AEW is the show I will likely watch live on Wednesdays, and I will flip by NXT. Excuse me. After this long a hype, I am that curious. I am that interested. They have the names um, that I. They have a bunch of names I care about, namely most most notably Kenny Omega, and now they have a voice that I you know really want to hear. I already had credibility in Jim Ross, but now that Shivani's back, that's exciting. They will keep me around and paying attention, but there were, I, I would love to hear some honest emails at rosenbergbeats at gmail.com 
from some AEW fans who have serious criticism who thought, damn it, I thought we were going to get a little something different and then we, then we ended up getting. And how we got they- a Monday Night Raw on Wednesday. Yeah, it was very, it was very, we got raw a Wednesday night. night Raw. Um, but listen, it was fun. Had a get together tonight. I was glad to do it. I didn't have the volume on NXT. We only had the volume on, um, AEW. Now, SGG, I realize, you know, so I'm going to be in New Orleans this weekend. Where are you? This weekend? Yeah. I'm going to be in New York City. You'll be around. Yeah. Are you going to watch SmackDown on Friday? I am going to do my best to watch SmackDown. Yeah. I mean, SmackDown's in a tough spot. Let's be honest. Friday nights, eight o'clock. It's tough. It's tough. Are you gonna DV- just DVR it? Uh, yeah, I might just have to catch the catch the replay or some. Do you not have DVR? The way you said that was. I very... do not have DVR, so I might try to catch it on Hulu. Are they still gonna be doing the Hulu SmackDown thing? I assume oh, they will. No. Oh no! Limited man. commercial this interruptions. So, because uh, I was gonna say I'm gonna be in New Orleans, but I could do a show. We're gonna give them a three peat. I I could get, because here's the thing. Damn, we can't do a show every other day forever. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, you could have said that da- a dangerous precedent. Yeah, I don't know. We did Maybe. get an email that said if we did it Tuesdays, we can kind of sort of clean up the week that was and be ready to go into the Wednesday nights, which I, I kind of liked. Yeah, I mean, the problem is it, you, the only problem is the real loser there's AW because it's six nights after AW. It's one night after Raw. Which is, it's, it's been the schedule. Yes, listen, listen. If we record during the week, somebody has to lose. It's gonna, yo, guys, there's major wrestling Monday, Wednesday, Friday now. Yeah. Every other day, there's a major. And if we do it Saturday, we're not there for you. You know what I mean? We, we, we won't be there for you. We want to be there for you. But like, as of now, we have no preview for Hell in a Cell, though it doesn't even feel like this pay per view is happening. How many matches have they even announced? I don't even know. Let me check. Let me look. Let me, let me get this. Um, Sasha and Becky. Roman and Daniel Bryan against the Bludgeon Brothers, right? Are they still the Bludgeon Brothers, or are they just... I don't know if they're going by the Bludgeon Harper Brothers. And, and frankly, I didn't know that match had been announced, so... Stack Eye Greg is looking right now. And uh, Seth and Fiend. Seth and Fiend. <laughs> Those are the three matches that are announced for Hell in a Cell. So I guess we'll get more on Friday. Which, I mean, what? what's going to happen on Friday? Who's going to be the... WWE champion going into Sunday. I don't know. Kofi doesn't even have a match announced. And The Rock will be. I mean, maybe The Rock will have a match. Who knows? Who knows? Yo, Rock, this is what I need you to do, man. First black WWE champion. We have a black WWE champion right now. You need to save him. Save him. Yes. (laughs) Please. It's professional wrestling.